things, and uh, when you think about house in order, there's so many uh, things that come to mind uh, that, uh, you know, when you, you're busy, and especially on a Sunday, you're getting things, getting ready to come to church, and, you know, when you leave the house, probably a lot of stuff is out of order. You know, when you get home, okay, you got to do this and do that and get things ready. So house in order, you think about it, there's so many different variations of, of what we could be talking about, and all of them are valid. You know, whether it has to do with your physical household, whether it's your spiritual house, because how many know that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit? And so we have to keep our, our spiritual lives in order. That's what the Bible says. So uh, this morning, though, uh, what I'd like to do is talk about uh, money management, resources, finances, and how many know that it's our, our, uh, our finances, when, when it's out of order, that the rest of the, the area in our house, we really struggle, whether it's in our, our, our marriage relationship, whether it's with our children. Uh, personally, when our, our financial uh, accountability to God and management is not what it should be, then we're going to have problems uh, in our, our, our life. But before I get into our study this morning, what I'd, I'd like to do is I'd like to uh, talk to you, to the couples this morning. Uh, and just kind of encourage you this morning as a couple, because how many know managing your finances is like a chore? It's work. You know, it's work. Just like, you know, the chores you got to do around the house. You got to mow the grass. You got to clean the bathroom. You got to make the beds. You got to do the dishes and, 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 and all the stuff that goes and keep the house maintained. Everything. It's, it's work. And so is money management and making the, keeping the finances in order. And how many know, just like the other chores, it's not always a 50-50 proposition. You know, it's, it's, it's someone's always maybe in, in, the, in the home doing more than the other partner or spouse. And I think it's that same way when it comes to our, our money and to our management of our finances. I read an interesting uh, study and survey on the topic of arguments and how it relates to money. And uh, it seems that the number one source of conflict between a married couple has to do with money. It's the major source of contention. It's the major source of, of discussions or even arguments. In fact, according to the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers, problems relating to financial matters are a major reason why marriages break down. That's true. Money has a lot to do with the family, not only practically, but yet spiritually. I read something that was kind of funny. It said that my spouse's credit card was stolen the other day, and I haven't bothered to report it because the thief spends much less than my spouse does. Now, you're in bad shape when that happens, right? When your wallet gets stored, you say, thank God, because they're spending less than my spouse. I got a couple of quick, basic rules when it comes to money management for couples. Then we'll get into the word. And they're simple, but they're necessary. If you're going to be successful, number one, in your marriage, and secondly, in dealing with money management. The first 
principle that you need to realize as a couple when it comes to spending money is that don't hide what you spend. Don't hide it. When it comes to spending decisions, don't hide what you spend. The second principle is don't lie about what you spend. What do I mean? Well, while your spouse may not be too happy about that new $300 splurge that you made on some gadget, husband, and maybe your husband won't be too excited about that $300 pair of shoes you just bought, wife. Don't hide it. Don't lie about it. Don't attempt to cover it up. What do you mean? Well, you know, you wait till your wife is gone and you replace that 23-inch TV with a 65-inch on the, on the wall. And when she goes, where'd that come from? That's always been there. What do you mean? I got that last year. You know what I'm talking about. Well, how much did it cost? Ah, I got a good deal. It was only a dollar. They had a bunch of them. They didn't know what to do, and so I picked it up. Be honest. Don't lie about what you spend. Don't hide your money. <laughs> it's, it's, we were having a conversation the other day at our pastor seminar. You know, when, when, and, and our leadership pastors got together. I'm kind of going off. <laughs> and, and we were just talking about, you know, we're kind of getting up there in age, and, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about, you know, our husbands and our wives, and, you know, one of the pastors says, yeah, you know what, I had a serious conversation with my wife because, you know, I want to know, in case she dies, where the stash is. <laughs> okay. Don't, don't hide. Be honest. Be truthful. <laughs> Why? Because relationships that are rooted in truth are stronger than those based upon deceit. Right? Especially when it comes to money. When your relationship is based upon truth. Honey, this is what I bought. This is what I spent. What? Yeah, but I, I really had to get it. Coscoron, and then you move on. You know, it's just, it's just, it, you're better off telling the truth because the bill will come. And they're going to go, okay, so where did, what, what was this all about? Oh, yeah, you know, I meant to tell you. Sure you did. So, let's get into our study this morning. I just thought I'd throw that in for the couples because, you know, that's where a lot of problems happen is in during dealing with finances and dealing with Money, But now we're going to look at it as a whole, as individuals, as the people of God when it comes to our money management, how important it is, and that we believe that God is a blesser. My text dealing with this this morning is that the title of my sermon is The Joseph Principle. I forgot to talk about that this morning. My title a slide too, but uh, I'm a new guy, so give me a break. <laughs> Third John chapter 1 and verse 2. Simple scripture, but profound because it gives us a, a huge understanding about God's perspective and how 
with the plans that he has for us and how he wants to bless and meet our, meet our needs in every aspect and every way. Third John, third John chapter 1 and verse 2 simply says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So here in every area is covered in our life, every aspect. God wants to bless. God wants to provide. And how many know this morning that we need to believe the word of God? You believe the word of God because when you apply God's word to your life, the principles involved in blessing, fruitfulness, prosperity, and, and, and meeting our needs uh, start to come into action. Now let me preface what I'm going to be saying by this statement. This is not a name it and, and, and claim it and blab it and grab it doctrine. We don't believe in that doctrine here in our fellowship. We believe that we pray. We believe that we believe God. And, and according to his word, we, we are, are, are obedient to the principles. When it comes to money management, when it comes to our personal lives, we believe that. But it's up to God how he wants to respond to our prayers or to our need. Not our wants, but our needs. And I know that I, when I read this scripture, this is what I believe God has for us. This is what I believe God wants for us to prosper, to bless, and to uh, meet every single need in our lives. And so looking at Joseph, I love, I love the story of Joseph. I, I, he's a young man who went through so many different obstacles in his life, some caused by his own uh, naivety and his own just stepping out of order. But the rest, many of them, obviously, through, uh, because God's hand was upon his life and God was going to use him for a specific thing we're going to talk about. He went through the trials, the, the, the disappointments. The, he went through the obstacles of life. But he did it because he believed God's word. He stood faithful because he trusted God's word. He remained obedient because he believed as his, his grandfather Abraham believed and his father Jacob believed that when you apply the principles of God, when you hold fast to the word of God, the only thing that can happen is God's provision in your life. What will happen in every area and case, no matter what it is, God will meet your need. Now, in the book of Genesis, chapter 47, we read about a famine that's overtaken Canaan and Egypt. And we read about that famine that's there and that how God has already put Joseph in a place of influence and power, second in command under Pharaoh over all of his kingdom. And uh, we know the story how uh, Joseph went out and he purchased all the lands surrounding Egypt, all the farms, the animals, uh, the people even belong now to uh, Pharaoh and were under Joseph's uh, uh, authority. And it says there in verse 13, chapter 47, there was no food, however, in the whole region because the famine was severe. Both Egypt and Canaan wasted away because of the famine. This morning, you might find yourself in some type of famine, whether it's spiritually or even uh, financially, is what we're going to be looking at today. I want to tell you something, that the way that the Lord God came through for Joseph and the people who listened to Joseph and obeyed the word that Joseph gave to them 
is the same God that will bless your life, is the same God that is here today to meet your need in that spiritual or financial famine you might find yourself in. The devil is a liar. God's word is truth. And when you base your life upon the word of God, God comes through. Now, again, I say this. You have to believe that everything that you have comes from God. That's the number one principle that we need to have in our life, that whatever we have, our breath, our heartbeat, who we are, it comes from God. You believe that this morning? Our, our, our resources, our health, our wisdom, our talents, our gifts come from God. If you believe that, then whatever else I'm going to say to you comes from the Word of God. You're going to apply and God's going to get involved. If you don't believe that, well, then you're wasting your time and mine. Simply because you're not going to apply it because you don't believe that everything comes from God. You don't believe that God is the source of everything that we have and everything we are. Then what's the use? Read a book. Go to sleep. Take a nap. But if you believe that God is real and you believe that the truth of God's word cannot lie and the principles of God's word become activated through our obedience, well then hold on because you're going to be blessed. Because we see Joseph's life and the blessing uh, that came upon him and the people uh, that he was trying to help. I wish above all things, God says, that you would prosper and be in health. And in Genesis chapter 47, Joseph speaks to the people. And we're going to look at the principles of Joseph uh, that he applied in order to bring prosperity in the middle of a famine to those who obeyed and listened. In verse 23, Joseph said to the people, now that I have bought you, and your land today for Pharaoh, here is seed for you so you can plant into the ground. The first principle I want to look at with you this morning, it's nothing you haven't heard before, is uh, seed versus the need. Seed versus the need. Too many times, too often, we get caught up in looking at the need. What I need, my needs in my life the things that, that I'm lacking in my life versus what God has already given to us. How many know we should be so appreciative of what we have already? Appreciative of what God has given to us. There are always going to be needs. There are always going to be areas in our life, especially in the area of finances. It seems like there's always a need. How many can say amen to that this morning? There's always a, 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 some lacking somewhere. But I want to tell you this morning, if you take your eyes off the need and you put your eyes on the seed or what God has already given to you to plant, uh, multiplication and blessing will take place in your life. God, God's promises will come to pass. Too many times we become so preoccupied, the devil lies to us and says, look at this. It's going to be impossible for this area to be met. It's going to be impossible for this to, to, to be taken care of. And we focus on that impossibility. Instead of believing and listening to the word of God that says what's impossible for man is possible with God. All things are possible with God. 
And there is no need that we might face or experience uh, that God cannot get involved in and provide for. You believe that this morning? And so what we need to do is take our eyes off the need and put whatever God has given into our hands and be grateful for that and be obedient with what God has given to us. It's the financial realm of sowing and then reaping. Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, give or plant your seed and it shall be given to you. How? Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Wow. And so here the scripture is talking about what you have, your seed. If you sow that seed, if you get that seed, something is going to happen. If you look beyond the need and believe the word of God and use what you have, God will multiply. Abundantly, God will multiply. I shared this story before. I think about when we were building this building. And uh, we were going through the building process, and we, you know, it was tight, but we were still making it little by little. The building was getting done. And then right around seven-eighths, a little less than seven-eighths uh, through the building process, more than three-quarters, but right towards the end, the contractor walked out. He just up and left because he didn't want to do according to what the contract said. He said, I ran out of money. I said, wait a minute. How do you run out of money? Here's a contract. It went to the bank. Where's the money you got from the bank to finish the building? Took off. Turned into a big mess. So there we are, and I'm getting phone calls from the bank. Okay, you got to make this payment. Okay, you got to make this payment. And aside from making the building loan payment, there was now we had to finish what the contractor didn't finish. So I'm looking at the need. And that went on for like, right, Nance? Months. Maybe three, four months. And we're looking and we're doing what we can to get the building finished. You guys didn't know about it. And so, you know, we're, we're plugging through and we're plugging through. And every day we prayed. Every day we had to believe God. God, here's what we have you're going to have to multiply it. We're going, to, we're going to use what God's given to us, and I guarantee you, God came through, and we're able to finish the construction of this building. Number one, because God is faithful, and secondly, because of faithful people who continue to, be, to press forward like yourselves. That's why when you focus not on the need, but on the seed that God has given to you, God will always come through in every single circumstance. Give, and it shall be given unto you. We had obligations. We had things that had to be met. There were people overseas. There were people, ministries that we were, that we were sponsoring. And still, we had to still continue to, to give out, to give out. And believe God and trust God with what God has given to us. It's the reproduction of the seed that, you, that, that God has given to you that should overshadow the need. Take your eyes off the problem. Take your eyes off of that circumstance and put your eyes back on the word of God because when you do that, your faith becomes increased. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. And you begin to believe and trust God even more and more. Whatever 
a man sows, that will he also reap. And then what you have to do is plant the seed. The seed you have, once you take your eyes off the need and you look at the seed, Joseph told the people, here is seed now planted. Why? Because Joseph understood the multiplication power. He knew that it was going to take more than just the Egypt to conquer that famine. That's why he had foresight from God, insight, to go out and purchase all the properties around uh, Egypt and uh, the, the, all of the resources, all of the farms, because he knew the only way to beat the famine was through multiplication. And he gave seed to the people, and he said, plant this seed, and things are going to begin to happen, and God will meet your need. Joseph was a man of God in a heathen nation. And you think about that, and the people listened to Joseph, and they planted the seed that was given to them. You see, you need to understand, without seed time, there can be no harvest time. Without the planting of seed, and every farmer understands that, every agricultural person understands that you have to plant the seed in order to get the crop. We know that basic principle. Don't you love the fruit you get at the market? Some of you grow your own. That's fine. You know, it doesn't just poof appear on the tree. It doesn't just appear on the vine. It had the seed needs to be planted. And once the seed is planted, it grows and uh, begins to produce the fruit. And so you and I need to understand, do not let the enemy lie to you. After you've been sowing and you've been planting the seed, you've been faithfully giving your tithes, faithfully investing in the kingdom of God, giving uh, 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 offerings and so on, but yet there are still needs there. I want to tell you something. It takes time for that fruit to develop. That's why I said it's not a frame it and, and, and name it and blab it and grab it doctrine. It doesn't happen that way. It takes time. I've learned a long time ago about prayer. That when I pray today, it's not necessarily for what I'm going to get tonight or tomorrow. I've learned a long time ago that when I pray, it could be for next year. It might be for five or ten years from now. I remember praying prayers as a new convert that I hadn't experienced until maybe ten years later, God coming through with those, those things I prayed about. And so it's the same way with our resources. Understand that there is seed time. And when we have patience and we're obedient to, in that seed, planting the seed, uh, the harvest will eventually come. What you sow you reap is a spiritual principle that cannot be denied. It cannot be defied. When what you have in your hand is not enough to meet your need, then it's the seed that you have that you need to plant. That's exactly the way it operates and it works. And it takes time and it takes patience. If you sow nothing, what are you going to reap? Zero plus zero equals what for you mathematicians? <laughs> hey, don't laugh. There are some kids in school who don't even know that, unfortunately. 
zero plus zero, big zero. It's the same way with our resources. The same way with our giving to God, planting seed in the kingdom of God. If you don't plant, then how can you expect anything back? If you don't pray, what does James says? You have not. Why? Because you're not asking. You're not sowing in prayer. It's a process that goes throughout life and everything that we do. Some say, I, I don't have anything to give. I, I, I'm sorry, but I really don't believe that. Everybody has a penny. I guarantee you, you can go, you can go into the nursery, and those kids are going to probably have more money than we do. <laughs> right? Everybody has something that they can give. That's why when we pray for the offering, we don't say, bless those who cannot give. Everybody can give. It's just, are we going to plant are we going to sow? That's the question. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, I'm going to come back on the 27th of this month. I'll be back here. We'll be gone in England. I'm going to be doing some other stuff. And then I'll be back here the last Sunday of the month. I'm going to finish this off. But before I do that, I want to read this scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. For God, who gives seed to the farmer to plant, and later on good crops to harvest and eat will, will give you more and more seed to plant and will make it grow so that you can give away more and more fruit from your harvest. Wow. So when you are obedient in the little, God says he'll place you over much. Isn't that right? When you're faithful in the little, he'll place you over much. When you're faithful in planting the seed you have, no matter how little it is, there's multiplication that will happen, and the Word of God says uh, He'll give you even more than you started out to give out to help people. That's what we do in this fellowship. That's what we do in this church. We plant, we sow to those missionaries that we are supporting and that we are helping out, let alone what we have to do here. Which brings me to what I want to say right now. You know, I refer to our building. We built it in 1999. We're already going to be in 2020. It's already getting pretty old. And the building needs a paint job. We need to paint the building. We need to update it. We need to uh, do the parking lot because the parking lot's going to start getting even worse with the rain. We need to redo some of the, the landscaping because that's kind of getting old. The lighting, we need to do update our lighting on the outside of the building because in the evening, it looks really dark in front. So we need to update that. And that's going to take resources. And so what I'd like to do this morning is I'd like to take a pledge from, from you as a congregation this morning. Some of you are looking and saying, that's why he preached that sermon. <laughs> that's exactly why he preached this sermon because he's going to pick up some money. Now let me tell you the truth. You're right. I'm not going to lie about it, right? Don't lie about money. I'm not going to lie about it. You're right. And so now is a perfect time. Now that you've kind of got some principles going on and understanding, I'll finish it off in, in, in uh, the 27th. But I want to pick up a pledge. I know we're getting bids. We want to do this before the end of October. Paint the building, do the parking lot. Landscaping has to be done before the rains come. 
I already know, you know, we're getting the bid, but I already know, what does it cost to paint a house? $6,000, $5,000, something like that, to do a good job? So you can imagine the building this size, almost 50,000 square feet. It's gonna take around 20, 25,000 to paint the building right around there. 15 maybe, get a good deal, but no, probably more. Parking lot, maybe 10, 12,000, 15,000, I don't know. Landscaping, lighting, so, you know, we're looking at a good $55,000, $60,000. So now, it's up to us as a congregation to plant and to invest into the house of God so that we can keep it up and, and do what, what God has, has commanded us to do is to make sure the house of God is in order as well as uh, to be able to uh, maintain the facility. That's important. So I'd like the ushers to come, if they would, and uh, I'd like them to pass out the, the, the tithing envelopes. Even if you give uh, through online or through the, uh, the kiosks or text giving, I'd like for you to fill one of these out anyway so that you can get uh, credit uh, on your income tax statement. So as the ushers are passing that out, the musicians will come on the platform so we run into dead time like we did the first service. And as they're coming, I want to encourage you now, Maybe you say, well, right now, I don't have extra to give. Okay, well, we want to do this before October's out, beginning of November at the latest, because we've we got to beat the rain. And so I want you to write a pledge out. You know, five, $5 isn't going to work. I know more. You can give more than $5. You can't, you can't buy a pitchfork for $5. Light bulbs cost $5. Whatever you can give, though, is what I'm saying. Be generous so we can get this project, these projects done and be on with it and move. Get ready. Our conferences are, you know, July is around the corner. Look at We're already facing Christmas, and we just celebrated New Year's last year, earlier this year. Comes like that. We want to be ready. Get everything in order so we're not scrambling at the last minute. So fill out that tithing envelope. Put your name on there. Put the amount. If you don't have it now, put one, you'll give it. But we'd like to have it as soon as possible so we can get this thing going. Believe God. Sow the seed. Plant. And I guarantee you, God will meet your need. God will bless your seed. I want to pray. Does everybody have an envelope? If you don't have one, lift your hand so we can get you envelopes. Ooh, we got some hands. I, I got my envelope earlier this morning. I got my envelope earlier this morning. My wife didn't get one. She needs an envelope. <laughs> Give Sister Nancy an envelope. She needs an envelope. She'll fill, she'll fill it in. Hey, we're a couple, but we each give. Anybody else need an envelope? All right. Put down a pledge for this facility. Let's pray. Let's bow our hearts this morning. Father, I thank you today for all that you've done in our ministry and the great things you're about to do. I thank you, God, for every need that has been met and the ones that are going to be met. That you are the source 
almost everything we are and have. I pray this morning, Father, that you bless those who are stepping out in faith, those who are investing in your kingdom, Father, into maintaining even the practical aspect of the house of God. Multiply back into their hands through their faith and obedience, the resources. Bless the gift and bless the giver. In Jesus' mighty name,